welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home every day. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. I do. Yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, I I miss that. <laughs> Do you really? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, no, I'm only kidding. And no, then I really I, do. Every once in a while, I have this pang of honesty. You know, about twice a year uh-huh. it comes through. And uh, <laughs> I just, gee, yeah, that Jerry Jerry's thing is nice. So I just kind of walk around the streets now. Waiting oh, to hear. <laughs> it's really <laughs> pathetic. You know, I did. And then I'm thinking, well, they can't see me behind the mask. So I kind of open the mask, <laughs> smile, and then the Jerry Jerry starts. And then I put it back. No, I'm kidding. But Hey, you're hearing uh, the voice of Casey Campbell. He's our music uh, coordinator. And Casey uh, occasionally comes by. We beg him to do it all the time. But periodically he'll come by and he'll be our musical guest. He was that last week. We begged him to come back for another episode. He agreed. So in a few minutes, you're going to hear another uh, original song by Casey and his group, uh, Buffalo Wobs and the Price Hill Hustle. Jerry, wanted to ask you a question. Mm, yep. the, uh, you're hearing a lot these days. It's certainly close to my heart as an educator and a retired public school educator at the high school level. Critical race theory that some are teaching in some districts around the country. Uh, what's your take on critical race theory? Well, let's be honest. If you're a Republican, you've run out of uplifting talking points. I mean, for the past several years, you've been spending most of your time dodging questions about Trump, the insurrection, why you went along with calling COVID a hoax, though it killed over a quarter of a million Americans, excusing wackos like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Rudy Giuliani. And now that Biden and the Dems are running things, the economy is bouncing back. The market has never been higher. Everyone's getting vaccinated, at least everyone who wants to. As a Republican politician, what do you possibly have to talk about that would excite voters to want to vote for you? Well, of course, there's always the traditional Republican go-to, and that is the subject of race. Create an issue, a distraction, if you will. The critical race theory is their latest effort. The notion that race and racism are an integral part of our history, starting when we were still just colonies with the arrival of the first slave ships back in 1619. It's a serious scholarly academic approach to America's birth and development, refusing to brush over or ignore the 400 years uh, we have treated blacks, how we've treated them, and in the process, institutionalized white supremacy. Its effects felt even today and evidenced in our daily headlines. And the Republicans don't want to hear anything about that. The concept is hardly new. But with right-wing Republicans and the right-wing media grasping for an issue, once again, they found one in race. Republican state legislatures, starting with Texas and Tennessee, then Kentucky and Idaho, and this past week, Florida, 
where its governor, Ron DeSantis, led a move to now ban teachers in kindergarten through high school from teaching critical race theory of discussing with students how America has dealt with race from its very beginning. They're not allowed to talk about it. That's right. Republican politicians want to forbid the discussion of how race and the institutionalizing of racism has been a part of our history. In other words, avoid mention of the darker chapters of our past. Don't let the kids hear about it or learn about it. Now understand, there's no serious argument about whether all this inhumane treatment of blacks happened. Of course it did. No one seriously saying that Africans weren't brought over here by ship and made slaves, that they weren't denied citizenship or freedom, that we didn't have a civil war, that we didn't lynch them and torture them and deny them access to public accommodations, that we didn't redline their, red their neighborhoods or forbid them to live in white neighborhoods or attend good schools or have decent jobs or livable wages. And the list goes on and on. And of course, this all happened. But Republicans don't want this part of our history taught in schools. They argue that the past is past. Today's generation of whites weren't responsible for it. So to bring it up, in schools will simply foster a renewed animosity between black and white students. And they don't want whites to feel guilty and heaven forbid, grow up to be liberal and maybe demand a more fair society. So the answer is hide the truth, keep the kids uneducated. And one may fairly ask, well, how in the world are we doing our kids a favor? How are we making them better prepared to face the world and country they are about to inherit, a country that is becoming ever more multicultural every day? How does government-ordered ignorance serve this next generation? Now, when this issue started to make headlines a few months ago, my first reaction was that here comes another distraction, another move by the right to divert attention away from the issues that people really care about, uh, but which Republican politicians are on the wrong side of, such as jobs, wages, healthcare, infrastructure, gun violence, and instead get the public arguing over race in a direct appeal to the Republican base. And it may be that, but it's more. This isn't just another argument in our never-ending culture wars. The history lesson is vital. If we learn what our forebearers have done to institutionalize white supremacy in the past, we'll be more sensitive to what we're doing today that might be perpetuating this injustice. It's not that most white people today hate blacks, of course not, but we have laws be it tax laws, housing policies, funding priorities that solidify the growing disparity between blacks and whites in life expectancy, healthcare, housing, schooling, even environmental issues. No question, white supremacy continues to be embedded in our government, our economy, and our culture. I don't have much hope having lived through this Trump era, that much will be done by the elder half of our current generation. 
But with our current younger generation, demographically clearly making America the multicultural society it was envisioned to be, with proper education, that is education built on truth and an open exploration of how what we do affects others, how it affects minorities, we've now got a serious chance to heal the divide that threatens our democracy. Critical race theory. It's the truth about what our past, our children should know about it. The truth is never a distraction. Yeah, good, Jerry. Excellent. Thank you. You hit all the notes. That was perfect. Well, this is your this is your field, Gene. So uh, I was writing it, thinking, what would Gene Galvin say? (laughs) Let's not go down that rabbit hole, Jerry. Let's not. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, I I actually have a question about that because this whole thing has kind of confused me, frankly, because I don't critical race theory. it, It seems that is that a new term that has been developed like gene do you i mean is there any kind of sense of in the 1970s it 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 was uh there were certain educators and uh you know people of uh substance who started writing about it and there were books written about it and it was the concept that when we our generation even your generation when you were in school there was very little taught about uh-huh. anything having and you knew there was a civil war right and you knew there were the marches in the 60s barely but you don't you don't uh, uh you don't read about reconstruction how many chapters how many courses are taught about reconstruction how many oh, what yeah. about the bombing of that black community in Tulsa Oklahoma in 1920 yeah. Yeah. we never heard anything about that Nothing. in school yep so uh, okay, and now it's and so and so it. critical. So 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 critical race theory is it, it that is the like the educational matter yeah uh, that just surrounds institutional racism. Well, is that well, what well, critical yeah, go ahead, Gene. I'm there's sorry. There's a little more the the critical race theory, which is uh, discussed and championed by a woman who was just denied tenure at, North, at University of North Carolina, right, is, is a thing. And it is happening in some places and versions of it are impacting various states and uh, at, at, in various versions of formality. But Jerry stated it perfectly. It is the truthful teaching of our racial of racial dynamics in American history. He stated it perfectly. Okay. And so it okay. is kind of a thing, but some places, for example, in Ohio, where the Ohio legislature is banning critical race theory, even though you can't go district by district and find that they're all teaching a thing right. called critical race theory that is in a book. Right. But there are, okay. but they have in Ohio a a they do have a book or a handbook that calls out some of these controversial elements of our American history, and the legislature wants to stop that. And school board members, uh, candidates are running against. Jerry stated it perfectly. They're using it as a 
talking point and a rallying cry yeah. as a wedge issue. Yeah. Wedge issue. Yes. Absolutely. So but my so my thing with this whole the whole idea is that and it's just exactly what you said, Jerry, is that if truthful history is taught, then trying to trying to trying to use the term critical race theory as as a wedge issue just then becomes a form of denialism that they just want to get like embedded in schools because um I mean, you know, my eyes were opened by the best teachers in my life that, you know, turned me on to books like uh, like the people's history of the United States, you know, Howard Zinn yeah. and people like that, that just told it, it, it seems radical to people who don't want to hear it, but it's just, just told their story, factual, just told what happens, just factual information. And so the, the idea, the idea that's, uh, that Florida is banning critical race theory to me, I just find I, I I can't put myself in the position of a teacher, you know, because I, I know there's a lot more involved and a lot more at stake than just saying, oh, well, hell, to hell with them. And I'm going to I'm going to call it <laughs> financial history of the 1970s. And yeah. I'm going to teach how you yeah. know, we you know, didn't give loans to African-Americans. I mean, because it's just it's just information. And the idea that states want to ban it and people are coming out and saying, no, don't teach that. Like, I find it. I just find it kind of well, absurd, it's just like frankly. banning anything and, else when you get into like reproduction, anything like that. It, when you're talking about banning something, what, what, they, it's frightening to begin with. But this is the history. You know, not only <laughs> is it impacting things that we are doing today, it's impacting how we create our, our concept around these things. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Well, they yeah. think of this thing. Well, first of all, it, it reminds me also uh, of the uh, Scopes trial in yeah. 1925 when you weren't allowed to, mm. you know, teach Darwin. <laughs> Uh, in the schools, or yeah, even mention true. it. Um, this, but these Republican politicians, like DeSantis, for example, they are looking at this purely political. It's not just that it's a great issue to get their base, but they also understand with young, you know, most people uh, born now in America are of a multicultural of color. In other words, whites are no longer most of the children born in America in America. That's been for several years now. So they see America becoming multicultural. If you start teaching the real history of America to these kids, they're obviously going to be very sensitive to it because they're suddenly going to say, hey, wait a second, you treated my people like this. Why would I support it? And yeah, what about yeah. this fact that housing for minorities is terrible and, you know, opportunities and the way minorities are treated, let's say, by law enforcement, all these things that are obvious, they're going to be much more open and sensitive to it. And then the parents of, um, you know, of white kids today in totally white neighborhoods and totally white districts, and I won't just pick on the South, but so far it's happening in Southern states, um, they're probably saying, boy, I don't want my kid learning this in school and start saying, mom and dad, where were you on, you know, in the civil rights area, the era, what's going on? You know, they're scared yeah. of the confrontation. They don't want during lunch in schools, during the lunch hour in the cafeterias, black kids and white kids start getting in an argument and getting a fist fight. I mean, I'm that's yeah. their vision. I'm not saying that would happen. That's their vision. When those things happen, then you as the parent have to make sure you're on the right side. 
and that you're able to explain to your child, like, this Amen. Is, like make sure that you don't have yeah. to be embarrassed of the choices that you made. And then you can have the discussion. You're exactly right. Megan. Exactly right. Gosh, yeah. darn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's twice. Yeah. It makes you think yeah. of that line from the movie, uh, a few good men. You can't handle in the which, yeah, yeah. You can't handle the truth, and uh, that's, I guess that's that's it. what critical race theory. If you had to sum it up, is it's the truthful telling of history, and and not to go down this alley uh, heavily. But you can look at the Alamo and and the story of how we got Texas and the uh, Santa Ana and the Texas and the Mexican government were abolitionists. And the people at the yeah. Alamo, and that included Davy Crockett, who as a kid I revered through all that Walt Disney stuff, portrayals of Davy Crockett, and the movie The Alamo, and then the remake of the movie The Alamo, and the heroism angle that they took for Jim Bowie and Davy Crockett. Well, if you, if you talk to uh, Latino slash Hispanic historians, and the version of how that all went down and who the heroes were. And it's tricky. We've created a lot of narratives in American history that maybe helped build a country, but didn't always honor the truth. So anyway. Yeah. yeah, And when we, and when those of us who are white and you hear some of our white friends or acquaintances or just people, white people, they say, well, it's, we're not doing it yet. Slavery was wrong yet. What we don't, und- and so therefore, why should I have to feel guilty? Why should I have to uh, pay for some of these programs? The answer is, among other things, other than the morality of it, is much of what we have in whites that we love is because blacks were always cheap labor. They were yep. slaves that could build our homes. Even to this day, when you look at who are the people that are cleaning your gardens, uh, that are working in the kitchens of restaurants uh, for very low wages so that you don't have to pay so much uh, for food? I mean, just look at the scale of all the things we don't want to do that we can, in a sense, condemn people of color to doing because and then the, the whites will come back well if they did better in school well how about giving better schools and uh you know they don't own property because we wouldn't let them own homes we redline the district so they have no wealth to pass down to their kids it's the reason why generation after generation nothing changes because they have no equity I can pass stuff down to my daughter, to my grandson. Whites can do that. If you own a home, there's some wealth that you're going to pass to them. What does a family living in the projects have to pass on to their kids? So they're condemned to be there. There's no wealth they can accumulate. They can't take advantage of the stock market. They can't. I mean, there's just so much that we whites benefit every single day because of repression of minorities. That's what we got to be thinking of. Now, I'm not telling everyone, therefore, just give up everything you have. No, but start working to make sure that some of this wealth is spread out and we give opportunities for minorities to acquire equity, to have opportunities, to stop redlining their districts, to stop saying that Section 8 is only good in certain neighborhoods. 
I mean, just all this stuff we do, and we we just don't even talk about it. Jerry Springer for governor somewhere. <laughs> and I am yeah, asking right. for your no. support. Anyway, moving right along. Jerry, Jerry. All right. So for those of you who are listening to us live on Facebook Live, um, as we have mentioned before, we are going to be going to a format where we are able to interact with you on a live basis. So if you have questions or comments or want to say hi to anyone on our lovely little panel here, hop on Facebook Live and leave us a comment and David will uh, read them out if they come in. If you are catching us in archives, you can always reach out to us on our Facebook page or email our senior lifetime executive, whatever Gene is this week. And um, if he's not too busy executive coaching things around the place, he will answer you. Um, so check that out. Make sure you leave sure. us a five-star review as well so that the powers that be will know all the wonderful work and insightful discussions that we are having here at the Jerry Springer uh, podcast. So all right. in our title, we talk about tunes and we're going to bring you to that right now with Hang on, uh, yeah. Megan, hang on one sec. I want to alert people to a little yeah. change up we're going to have here. In oh, the that's right. Weeks. Sorry, Gene. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And it kind of hooks up with what Jerry uh, has been talking about. Uh, yeah. If you think of it as what what is America today? What does America look like today? So myself and a friend of mine, Dr. Larry Gray, are going to travel slow motion through just a section of the country. But it'll run from Whitefish, Montana, so that's in the northwest corner up pretty close to Canada, and run down maybe as far as Albuquerque, New Mexico. So going through four states, two of them happen to be red states, Montana, Wyoming, and two blue states, Colorado and New Mexico. In the process of doing that, well, by the way, we're going to see some beautiful places like, you know, uh, Yellowstone National Park, Grand Tetons, Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, Taos, New Mexico, Santa Fe, some really awesome places along the continental divide. But we're also going to be camping out and staying in little towns and campgrounds and eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner in these little diners in small town, uh, blue and red America, and finding out, you know, what's happening out there. And as Megan said, you could also ask questions, make comments. And David and I, I'm going to call back on Zoom to David. He'll be in the studio and we'll broadcast five episodes. Now, by the way, we're doing this greatly because Jerry is, God love him, is deep into recording the Judge Jerry show. And he won't say this, but I will about my friend. That is serious hard work. And by the way, it's good work. It's an entertaining show. He's uh, judging real cases from around the country. He has to give them serious thought and make decisions for those people. So he's going to be able to just focus on that for the month of July. And then instead of just running reruns, which we have done in some other times, we're going to create this thing that we're calling Rolling Down America. So that's a name we've given, Rolling Down America. So please, if you're interested, tune in or listen on the archives. It'll be both places. If you want to hear it live, tune in Facebook Live on the usual Tuesday nights at seven o'clock Eastern time. If for some reason I'm having trouble with cell signals or Wi-Fi, David, who does our social media, will let people know we can 
push it to uh, yeah. maybe the following day. So it'll adjust as needed, but generally tune in at the normal time. So there you go, Megan. Let's hear. You know, it's great. You know, Gene, I have a suggestion for next year. Uh, Frank and I were talking yeah. about this. You know, you going into the woods. And I think next year, the 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 yeah. you know when Jerry's working during the summer, we can. Uh, it's you and I. We go yeah. out to a national park. Two people enter. One leaves, and I <laughs> bet you, <laughs> Gene and his stupid mountainside backpack <laughs> make it out alive. There you go. I love it. So that's my pitch next year. I'm going to see you in the wilderness. Hilarious. <laughs> Well, by the way, by the way, last week oh, right. I talked about this guy who was kayaking across the ocean from San Francisco yeah. to Hawaii, 2,400 right. yeah. miles in like a 24 foot kayak. So he went out there, he did it, and the huge seas and the horrible weather, by the way, I didn't know this until I studied this and followed him, are about 50 to 70 miles out from the uh, U.S. coast. It gets uh, much more easier and predictable. The farther deep out into the ocean you get heading towards Hawaii. He had three horrible Ooh. days in a storm, like three 24-hour periods. Ooh. He was seasick as hell, and he's sitting in this little cabin oh. on this kayak. <laughs> He's uh he's getting sick, you know, opening the hatch, going out and puking over the side, then going back at it. So he's having trouble eating and drinking, and that was a factor, uh, my, probably a minor factor. And then his sea anchor failed, his trailing line got wrapped around the tiller. At, oh. In the middle of the night, about a week ago, he got on the air, got on the probably ship to shore radio or satellite phone with his ground crew. And they talked for quite a while about uh, how screwed are we? How bad is this? What should we do? Then they pushed the button and called the Coast Guard. And they got the Coast Guard on the line. And the Coast Guard said, well, dude, you got a couple options. They knew exactly where he was because they had been alerted that he's doing this. And they said, you know, you can uh, stay at it. And then the storm is only going to get worse and it'll be harder to rescue you. Or you can tough it out, and uh, although you now have no rudder and no sea anchor, so now <laughs> he's adrift and he's getting mm -hmm. pounded on the side. He's no longer head into the weather. He's now side to side with it. Oh. He pushed the button. The Coast Guard came. They dropped down a basket. They took him up and took him back to uh, U.S. soil. Well, he was oh. in U.S. territory. And then a few wow. days later, they went out with some boats and found, they found his kayak, brought it back, and <laughs> he's figuring out when he goes back out to try again. So, Jerry, the message is, you are right. This stuff is stupid. <laughs> Do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was... I was getting nervous hearing the story I know. just now. I know. Me yeah, that, that's... Anyway, yeah, that is... Look him up. It's Cyril, C-Y-R-I-L, and it's a French name, uh, Deromu, D-E-R-R-A-R-E-A-U-M-E-U-X uh, -E -E or something like that. But it, it, it's easy to find the kayaker who got rescued by the, by the Coast Guard. All right. Casey, what you got for us? Was he, he's lucky, though. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. At least he wasn't swallowed by a whale. That's true. I heard about that, too. <laughs> Did you hear about the... 
Yeah, the guy who was out there and got swallowed by, or at least he says he was swallowed by a whale. Yes, yeah. they're investigating That's, that. Yeah, he was jonah That's pretty disgusting. Donut, yeah. If you get, yeah, if you get, yeah, if you get spit out by a whale, oh right. man, that's that's the Talk lowest about of the low. Ultimate yeah. rejection. <laughs> Even the rejection. whale couldn't. Get, <laughs> yeah. <ultimate> rejection. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. So tonight, I got it. Like I said, um, last week I mentioned got a couple. I had a couple new tunes here from the Price Hill Hustle, and this is another one. Uh, this was a co-write between myself and the bass player, Bill Baldock. This song is called The Reckoning. It kind of goes with uh, sort of the theme of the podcast of really just sort of um, uh, reckoning ourselves to the world we're going to leave behind. And um, the hook, the, the chorus line to this song I wrote several years ago uh one day real quickly but i just never knew exactly what i wanted to use it for and then um over just about a year ago i guess we uh finally pieced it together and then started playing it out here as the pandemic uh has waned and we're playing shows again so this is sort of my little foot stomping tune to um uh i don't know just think about what think about what you're going to leave behind you know whether some people take that in a religious connotation and some people take it more in a literal but we we definitely are leaving leaving a world behind for for those people who will go on after us and you know we we reap the benefits mm -hmm. and and uh deal with the consequences of those before us and and as will the next generations so this is just a little tune that sort of talks about that so get ready for the reckonings to come. One, two, three. One day, my friends, you may be crossing over Jordan streams to your kin and your loved ones gone before. But while you sit and while you pray, someone's taking it away. This heaven on earth it ain't gonna stick around no more I said soon one day there's where we know shall pass And the very first among us will be last And our souls gonna hammer just as long after we're dead and gone Get ready for the reckoning to come goes all night and they don't see picket lines been coming down on side of right well some are blind and some are free some have nightmares in their sleep some been a writing a song in a minor key and i'm saying soon one day this where we know shall pass and the very first among us will be last and our souls gonna hammer just as long after we're dead and gone
sir. Yeah, Ooh. thank you. Oh, I like that song. Thank you. Yeah, I do too. I like yeah. that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, good, yeah, stuff. good Thank you. All right. So, as Casey said earlier, you can check him out online. It's uh, Buffalo Wobs, Price Hill Hustle, and Casey Campbell, the one and only. Thanks for having me. Um, again, like we said, go check us out as well. Tell Gene what you really think about him online there. I'm sure he'd love to hear that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've got a few comments. Uh, L- Linda Schaefer says, Excellent, Jerry. Thank you. Rena Friedman Watts says, Love. Uh, Tracy Lynn Horton says, thank you from Virginia. Woo! Rob Castro Giovanni says, really enjoy the podcast. Been listening since 2016, listening to Jerry for 20 years, the talk show, your podcast, and Judge Jerry. I'm a huge fan. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. really very nice. And I should also say, I recognize one of the names, Linda Chaffron. Hey, Linda. She is, uh, yeah, she has been with me for 25 years or, you know, at least that, yeah. you know, she was is my publicist or whatever she's so great. she's she's been such a great supporter and there she's she is great. she's listening yeah. to our podcast so yeah. appreciate it all go. right well casey take us out on down by the riverside with one mr jerry springer everyone enjoy your summers gene be safe and we can't wait to hear all about your trip well i'm gonna lay down my heavy load down by the riverside Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. Sword and shield